0: Hello and welcome to Pop Culture Hangfire with Christian and Gabriel. The podcast where I decide what Gabriel needs to learn about the years that he missed while being homeschooled and sheltered from the outside world when it comes to pop culture, then I learn it. That's my commitment. The year, gave 1993 again. Pow. Bill Clinton was inaugurated as the 42nd U.S. president. Terrorists carried out the first attack on the World Trade Center. Unforgiven won the Oscar for Best Picture for 1992. Deserving. The federal minimum wage in the United States was $4.25. Still? And there were 623 websites.
1: Wow. Yeah. Bill Bill Clinton's the first president I remember like during my lifetime.
0: Where were where were you in 93? Besides uh, What do all you right, say? So... You're 3 or 2?
1: <laughs> <laughs> I was I'm uh I'm 5. Um this is during this is during a time where I'm my parents are particularly vigilant about television and stuff and there's not the same kind of exposure cuz I I did not witness a lot of current event stuff. I, I know I missed a lot of things that were happening looking back. I am living in San Bernardino. And um, I believe, I don't think I've moved yet. No, I we must. As if, This is around the time it's closed. So I'm either right during this year, probably in San Bernardino, potentially moved around this time as well to Rancho Cucamonga. But San Bernardino, I'll be in the apartment I was born in.
0: Oh wow! Yeah. So ninety three for me. I'm a teenager. Uh, I have much more interesting. Yeah, yeah. I am living. Let's see, ninety three. I would have been living on Fourteenth Street uh, by Pico and Western, so Mid City. Uh, we are finally renting a house. It's no longer an apartment. Renting a house. It's got two and a half bedrooms and one bathroom. The half bedroom is like a big closet. My older brother takes that one. Really big living room, really big dining room, decent sized kitchen. No backyard, but a back section because it goes into, it connects with the parking of the um, apartment building next to us. So there's no backyard, but we have a front yard. Again, the block is houses. It's nice. It's it's entirely better. But I'm still getting on the bus there and taking the bus for. Hours.
1: Fun fact, when we first moved into a house, my brother also took the uh, autonomy of the large closet thing as his private space.
0: Yeah, like my brother could barely fit his closet and his bed in there, like his clothes and his bed. That was it. Yeah, no, we were living there because um, the 92 earthquake happened and we were there.
1: I remember that yeah, earthquake. That was a big one. That woke, that woke me up.
0: I think that woke a lot of people up. It was like at four or five in the morning, too.
1: I remember things moving around because we were on the second floor of an apartment. Oh, so that 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 uh, uh, accentuated the movement.
0: I imagine that we were on the bottom floor and we had, and uh, felt everything. Uh. But yeah, that was uh, that was 93. So last episode, we went through a plethora of movies that came out in 93. Today, we're going to go a little bit deeper into detail of, of some of those movies. We'll start with the big one, right? Jurassic Park comes out directed by Steven Spielberg. Now I didn't know this until I did the research, but Spielberg acquired the rights to this book from Michael Crichton before the book was released, like a couple years earlier. Exactly. Apparently they were aware of the book and they were like, Hey, we're going to pay 1.5 million for the rights. At that time. Before the publication two years earlier or three years earlier, 1990, right? And then they hire Michael Crichton to do the original screenplay. So they pay him another half million. So just before this movie even gets started three years earlier, they've spent two million already on this fucking film. (sighs) Okay. That's, Um, That's incredible. $63 $63 million budget, which surprises the hell out of me because that movie looked like it was tons of fun with CGI.
1: Yeah.
0: It goes on to gross $912 million worldwide and holds the record until Titanic in 97 just destroys that record. <laughs>
1: just, along with a lot of others.
0: But yeah, I, I did not watch um, Jurassic Park in 93, but I think I watched it in 95-ish. And, um, yeah, no, it looked real. It looked incredible. I, uh, based on one of the movies we're going to talk about later, 93 was actually a really good year for CGI and special effects. Apparently, there was a company uh, that really came and flourished during those years based on the uh, CGI movement that was happening. But, uh, but, yeah, no, so I remember watching that film, and, and Jurassic Park, I mean, great story, great acting, Jeff Goldblum. Great Jeff Goldblum. Great Jeff Goldblum. It is, and it was a fun movie. And I watched it probably maybe a year or two ago. It's still good, man. It still looks good. I went on
1: a I went on a run of watching them all right before I moved out of my apartment. Oh really? I was like I was just watching them on Netflix.
0: When was the so when did you watch it the first time?
1: Okay, so that was another movie that of course in '93 I couldn't see it because they weren't going to let a five year old watch it. I suppose. It, It was a while. I, it was one of those things that, like, friends of mine had seen as I got older and referenced. And I played, I remember playing the Nintendo video game. I think it was Nintendo. I was like, wow, this is super cool. And, like, what kid doesn't love dinosaurs? So I definitely knew I was missing something. But I had no means of remedying that. It took me a long time. I didn't see it until my later teens. Again, yeah, even at that point, like, you're talking, what, like, in the, going into the 2000s, early 2000s. And it still held up.
0: Yeah, no, it's a, it's a, it's actually a really good film. It really is. If
1: I'm not, that, that should have been Industrial Light and Magic, if I'm not mistaken, because Spielberg.
0: It sounds like it would be. I don't know, but I will agree and say that yeah, sounds right.
1: Those guys, those guys worked wonders throughout the '90s in revolutionizing CGI and and what you could do with it.
0: Yeah, the uh, next film we'll talk about is one of Stallone's two big ones that came out in '92. A ninety-three. I'm sorry, Demolition Man, starring Stallone, Wesley Snipes, and the lovely Sandra Bullock. Or Sand- based on the last Sandy, as we call her,
1: episode. I feel like you listed them in the wrong order because who's the star of this
0: movie? Uh, it's Sandra Bullock, but it's right. It's Stallone. So, you- so you know what I found out um, doing the research. So, this movie and Last Action Hero both did relatively the same in the in the. Um, as far as the, the numbers, yeah. But they were saying that this was like a comeback movie for Stallone, so it stands out as more of a positive one rather than at Last Action Hero was considered a flop for Schwarzenegger because it didn't meet the numbers he was currently keeping. While Stallone, this increased his numbers, but they were gotcha. So yeah, so they're like, Last Action Hero is a flop considering Whatever. what he had Still a been- good movie questionable it was fun it was fun it was fun and the
1: concept was fun yes
0: yes i will say that but anyway so yeah demolition man uh directed by a first-time director who only went on to direct one other movie after this Uh, yeah exactly i was surprised by that too the movie made 158 million worldwide i remember watching this movie and i've seen this movie probably i would say 10 times i have i really have it's a fun movie. The Demolition Man is a fun movie. It's a ridiculous premise. They take some really great jabs at, at 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 everything. It again, like you quickly get over the fact that this movie is ridiculous, and you just enjoy it for the ride that it is. It's a it's a great it's a great movie. It's fun. It's a fun movie, and it's a typical Stallone action movie, but it has that lightheartedness. and you have again. Goes back to Sandra Bullock. She's the star of this because she's able to take and actually be able to like level out Stallone's action hero persona with her personality. She really does a fantastic job. She really does. Good. It's a fun. Movie, I need
1: though. to. I have not watched it ten times. It's been a long time since I've seen it. I need. That's that has to be rewatched. I got to put that on the list.
0: I'm gonna say I saw it less than five years ago. And and you know what? Holds up, it really holds up. There's a great monologue by Dennis Leary, the comedian uh, from very famous back in the day. Yeah. So yeah, that one's uh, there. Now the third movie, and I put this in. Now I had it for a later episode, but I put it in because after a conversation uh, from the previous episode, I went and watched it in the last week. I rewatched this movie, Super Mario Bros. <laughs> <laughs> i When we when we talked about the movies and I kept my list of movies that we talked about and I looked yeah. at it again, I was like, "I gotta watch this movie again because I, <laughs> I had to." And yes, Bob Hoskins, John Leguizamo, and you know who the bad guy was, dude, Dennis Hopper. Oh yeah, like not only Mister Easy Rider from 1969. But also like the bad guy in Speed, Sandra Bullock connection. It's like six two degrees of Sandra Bullock here. He was the bad guy in this movie. I was like, what the hell? And they so rewatching it, and this is fresh two days ago probably. They really sprang for the fences, man. So Nintendo, <laughs> Nintendo ah. basically gave them like you know uh, open range of like go nuts, and nuts they went. <laughs> It's fantastic acting from John Leguizamo and Bob Hoskins. It is. It's. It's sometimes goofy. Sometimes there's special effects that, like, like the, the, uh, the, this a spring going boing. You know, like that. It, it's that ridiculous. But they, they, they took the movie serious and they did the best they could with it. It's not as horrible as I remembered. I remember it being really bad. It's. <laughs> a, it surprised me that it wasn't. As bad as I remembered because I've watched Double Dragon in the last five years and that movie is the worst and Street Fighter is the worst I was surprised that they really did try for a a genuine movie where they were trying to they veered off from the from the you know from the original concept obviously a little just, bit just a little bit um but no I was actually surprised that it is actually not a bad movie 42 million budget. Thirty-nine million worldwide. (laughs) Yeah, domestically it only made like twenty-eight.
1: They spent forty-two million on that. Yeah,
0: yeah. It must have gone mostly to Dennis Hopper, I imagine, and all the Goombas they kept fucking uh, making happen. But no, yeah. Look, I'm telling you, there's it's very it's goofy. It's got its it's got it's very much slapstick comedy scenes and stuff like that. But it's. I surprised myself and I'm like, okay, it's not that terrible. Here's what I found out from doing the research. In early 2012, there was a fan made comic where they did a sequel to the movie. Um, Because here's the fun part. The movie ends with them having to go back into that parallel dimension. So it ends with the princess coming back and saying, Luigi Mario, I need your help. And them suiting up to go help her. So somebody in 2012 fans reached out to the original writer and got basically some ideas from him. And they did a, a, a web comic based on the sequel, based on the original concept and the original oh, movie. Yeah. And it's actually not bad. <laughs> the comic's not bad. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> unfortunately, Maybe a better medium. Yeah. Unfortunately they stopped making it in 2015. So they, it hasn't finished yet technically. Uh. Uh, but yeah. So w- th- what I was going to say though, The production of actually Mario Brothers, because the special effects are actually decent. Like I said, going back to like, you know, Jurassic Park and special effects, the special effects of Super Mario Bros. surprised me, dude. They're actually decent uh, special effects. Right. And what they said that though the movie is regarded as a flop and it has a cult following and low ratings and everything, that the production innovated and introduced many filmmaking techniques that are now considered pivotal in the transition from practical to digital visual effects, uh, including the use of the Autodesk Flame. I'm not sure what it is. But apparently, like, special effects hold up because of the fact that they took it so serious at the time, which is potentially where that $42 million budget came in hand.
1: You know? Yeah, no, I mean, I've never seen it. Um, I am familiar, mostly because it's frequently lampooned in gaming uh, articles. And, re- you know, there's there's been a lot of talk whenever you talk whenever a game movie comes up people go they go for the the greatest misses and start talking about how things have gone and could this next one be as bad
0: that's well the next one's animated so you know
1: well the next one or the next just the next uh game one yeah, of course it's especially relevant with mario but like every time there's a game a video game based property coming up they they roll out the friggin' disasters of the past. Well, they say to, like, why can't they
0: do this right? They need to roll out Double Dragon and Street Fighter before they ever. Yeah, they they need to roll out five movies before they roll out Super Mario Bros. I can tell you, having watched it recent, recently, recently, it is not as terrible as I I had remembered.
1: I believe that, but I also feel like that's a testament to how bad they've done in general with these, as this much as anything true. else.
0: This is also true. All right, so popular TV shows of 1993 you have 60 Minutes, Home Improvement, Seinfeld, Roseanne, and Grace Under Fire. TV show that ended in 1993. Gabe, do you recognize this theme song?
1: Before a live studio
0: audience. Making your way in the world today takes everything
1: you've got. Taking a break from all your worries sure would help a lot. Wouldn't you like to get away? Sometimes you want
0: to go where everybody knows your name. And they're always glad you came. So, does that sound right?
1: I recognize. The I do, but like I can I can't name because it's not something I watched. I just did something I've heard.
0: Yeah, the show was called Cheers, and it was on for yeah. eleven seasons from nineteen eighty two to nineteen ninety three, starring Ted Danson, and introducing Woody Harrelson to the world.
1: Oh well, then there's a favorite it's done us all.
0: Yep, it also had a character named Fraser who ends up having his own spinoff, the Fraser uh, TV show. So yeah, that ended in ninety uh, three. After 11 seasons. This is a fun one. Also 11 seasons. Late Night with David Letterman ends in 93.
1: They just saw that uh, Cheers was coming off and said, you know what? I'm done. Done. (laughs) I don't want to exist in a television world
0: without them. (laughs) (laughs) Shows uh, that started in 93. Do you recognize this theme song? I mean, I already see your face, but it's such an iconic fucking theme, dude. I oh, it love is. this.
1: And that's the only reason I know it.
0: I can still picture all the flashes of the different uh, cards, uh, the the blurry UFO picture in the background. Ugh, oh, I love this. Yep. So, 93. X-Files. Thank you, X Files. Uh, stars on X Files. It is on for 11 seasons, not consecutive because they kind of went off and on, uh, spawned two movies. I, You know what the funny thing is, dude? I watched X-Files, but I've only ever watched it once, and it was while it was on. I remember The Lone Gunman. I remember The Smoking Man. I remember little things like that, but for the most part, dude, it is a bit of a... I have quite a few memory blocks from this movie, from this mystery, show.
1: Mystery, you would say. <laughs> uh.
0: Well done, but yeah, uh, I remember watching it, uh, and I remember enjoying it. I even watched when it came back after a few seasons. I owned the X Files movies for for some time, but if you ask me about each episode, I definitely there's a there's a big missing uh, part. I did rewatch the pilot episode in the last 10 years and I thought it was really good when they when they used to refer to Mulder as um Spooky Mulder uh, that was the nickname within the FBI because of his uh, expertise. <laughs> I thought that was clever. Uh but yeah no I I I remember it being a good show but I honestly like dude I cannot remember for the most part. I remember his I think David the Covenant's character uh, Fox Mulder's fascination or it wasn't a fascination right his drive when it's not a passion because it's almost like a need but it was i remember it was because his sister was abducted as a child and she was never found so that's where that um that determination from him to figure out you know what was out there uh came from but it wasn't a. it was more than determination because it, it was it was almost like a you know, like an incessant need to, to, to like find the truth type of thing. That's what I remember from the show. Again, for a show that was on for 11 seasons, I don't remember much apparently, but I remember it was good.
1: No, I, uh, I mean, I was aware of it and I, I obviously like the iconic theme. They nailed that. That's what you want. Your theme is you want it to stick and you want people to be able to say, I know what that is. And they nailed that. And that's persisted as a meme for so much longer it's still relevant. Still comes up. Still come across my feed. Some somebody will have that. They'll have something weird, and then they'll play the music. So you know, it's uh, it's it's got its place in pop culture still.
0: And you never went back and tried watching any or watching movies or anything.
1: No. So some of that stuff can be pretty intimidating when it's that long. You know, because oh. I I am driven to start at the beginning. And work my way through those things, which may or may not be the best way to approach some of those. Like, it depends. You really ought to probably pull the, uh, check the fan base and see what they say. But, like, I have a hard time. So, like, I'll start. So, like, I, I did a, a watch through of, uh, NCIS. Oh, no. And went back oh, a few years ago now. And I went through and I watched them. Like, I watched all of them up to so, where they had been. I think it was still airing.
0: So, you know what it is, though? Like, I feel like. Because that was I, like 11 seasons. Because I, I'm with you. I re- I, um, I started watching the Clone Wars from our conversations, right? And I was doing like, I was consistently doing like two or three episodes a day. And then it was like one two or three episodes every other day. And then it was like two, three episodes a week. Because I was around season five and I was like, there's like 22 episodes per season. It was, it, it. like you said, it was daunting just like how, you know, I started with a good sprint. Like, I'm like, it's a marathon, but I'm going to get in there real quick. No, man, I, I'm still on season five uh, watching maybe an episode a week at this point because there's other things that I want to watch. Yeah. Because I want to get to season seven. I want to get to the Bad Batch. Um, and then they can finally start watching the Bad Batch. But I'm like, oh, this is taking me a while because between this... I also binged Ted Lasso. I also binged The Mandalorian. I also binged Boba Fett. Like all these other things took precedence to this show that I know is going to be around for a while.
1: (laughs) I just saw an ad for uh, the Marvel stuff again, their TV show specifically, and I was like, I was like, damn, I never finished. Like, I never even really got all the way into Daredevil. Didn't finish Luke Cage. Never watched Iron Fist, which I'm told is a good thing. Yeah. And then, uh, but then the Defenders,
0: and then the Punisher.
1: I am out of all that. I'm like I got some I got some stuff to yeah, watch. Yeah, I know That's I, I, some of it's good.
0: I saw that too, and I, and I see, and I went deeper. I did the Titans. You know, I haven't done Legends of Tomorrow, and I didn't go deep into the Flash. I think two seasons, and I was like, oh my god, there's too much going on.
1: I watched a little bit of the Flash and yeah. and Arrow.
0: Yeah, same I with Arrow. So I, I'm I'm behind on those, but yeah, but so but I know what you mean though. Like when there's a show that has so much history and so much fandom and cult following it. You don't want to miss something important yeah, in it. You exactly. Because
1: those, those things become self-referential too, especially I bet X-Files is a lot of, that's one of those ones that I bet it, ref, it's, it refers back a ton as it goes, A show that goes that long.
0: Yeah. So, I, I again, I think X-Files I'll eventually go back to, just because I've, I've been a, a diehard DeCovney fan. I mean, I watched all the five years of Californication. I've actually seen probably all his movies, and I was even watching Red Shoe Diaries back in the day where he was just like in it for five minutes. But yeah, so it's definitely something uh, I will eventually get back to, but I can understand why why you haven't.
1: It's why? fun now to go back to, to some of those 80s and 90s things because they just feel different. It's different, you know, and yeah. it, it, it's very nostalgic.
0: The next show that started, and this is a show I did not watch, but everybody and their mothers knows about this show. Walker, Texas Ranger, right? I never watched it, but everybody knows about it. It was on for eight seasons. Here's a fun fact that I didn't know. This was actually a spinoff of a Chuck Norris movie, Lone Wolf McCade. McQuaid? McQuaid. Um, He played the same character, and that's how the TV show got started. And it was on for eight years. Again, nothing about it, but I remember the commercials. I remember it was on USA forever. I remember all this. Never bothered watching it, though.
1: I'm sure Lone Wolf McQuaid is just a spin off of actual Chuck Norris too, so there you go. There you go. No, it's uh I'm I was definitely aware of it. That was another one that was uh frequently on USA in my yeah. time watching USA. So I see bits and pieces, never really watched it, but I was like, Hey, Chuck Norris.
0: Basically. <laughs> so speaking of David Letterman, the late night with David Letterman ended, but the late show with David Letterman started also in ninety three. He left the late night oh. show to go to the late show, which he was on for the next 22 years. Wow. Imagine 11 years doing the late night show and then another 22 years doing the late show. That's 33 years of your fucking life. doing That's 33 years of staying up past your bedtime. Right? Now, I will say, I've said this before, I was a Jay Leno fan. I, I don't know why, maybe because I was younger, I couldn't get into David Letterman. Now everybody seems to say he was one of the best talk show hosts because of right. his interview skills. Now I also noticed he had really great musical guests. He really appreciated like, great musical guests. Uh Penn and Teller talk highly of how much airtime he gave them when they were starting out and when they were artists. Also, what's the name of the uh special effects guy that Was renowned in the '80s, and and uh, also did um, uh, the Robert Rodriguez movie uh, from dusk till dawn. Um, Tom Savini was doing like um, a lot of a lot of gory movies in the '80s and '70s. He was the guy that did the special effects for like people like committing suicide and like getting their hands on fire and things like that. And uh, Letterman used to have him on all the time, and he would totally go uh, along with any stunt that they, that they wanted him to do to the point where they almost burned him once, like for real. So in retrospect, a lot of people speak highly of of how game he was for, for practical jokes, for being surprised, for being genuinely interested in the things that people were doing. And then the musical acts that he had, he was like, you know, like I think he requested for the Foo Fighters to be there on his final show to do Everlong because it was his favorite song of all time. I found this out later. At the time, I was like, he's very... He's not me. Like Jay Leno was my kind of guy when I was in my teens. So it's weird to, yeah. for me to read that the people that I respect and like, respect and like him. And I was like, oh, right. I missed I missed out on something there.
1: Yeah. No, I get that too. I, I didn't watch late night television until much later. So I, would, I definitely missed the boat there. And uh, similarly though, like I, it always good things from him from from people that i genuinely like
0: right and speaking of that so when he left the late night when he left the late night show to take over the late show conan o'brien started the late night show after him and he did that for 17 years what?
1: oh man right that's
0: a hell of a gig dude i was always a fan of conan but he came on at 11 30 at night dude it was a hit and miss that I was ever gonna catch Conan.
1: Yeah, no, I had, I always had to just get clips of it,
0: and and it isn't like now where like the next morning I can go and watch it on YouTube, right? But back then I was like, I can't stay up that late. Never saw it back Never then at it. all, obviously. And he used to have really so good musical guests later. too. He used to have really good musical guests because he's a big fan of music. Yeah, um, but yeah, so he started uh, the late night with Conan O'Brien back in '93. Moving on to people who died in 93. I got to tell you, I I think we almost ended up doing an episode just on deaths. There were so many amazing people that died in 93 that it's actually, it's almost terrible to compare how many great movies came out to how many. Tragic. Yeah, very much. So Audrey Hepburn, uh, British actress and humanitarian uh, recognized as both a film and fashion icon. I remember her from the movie Breakfast at Tiffany's. I think everybody remembers her from that. Uh, And then the original, like, uh, funny face. Um, But she devoted a lot of her time to UNICEF between, was it like after 1954 to like her into the 90s? Um, She worked with some of the poorest communities in Africa, South America and Asia. And she received the Presidential uh, Medal of Freedom for recognition of her work as a Goodwill Ambassador in 92. She did pass away in her sleep um, at home from uh, abdominal cancer. Um, She had gotten the surgery and she was recovering from it, but she passed on at 63 years old Mm. from uh, from that. Yeah, I think the other movie I remember her was from The Holiday, I think is what it was called. You know, I I like old-timey stuff. Uh, I figured this one might be up your alley, too, because of um, her impact uh, as a actress back in the day, but also, like, the, you know, the work that she did. Um, I think her look is iconic. I think it's been copied, you know, since God knows how many times.
1: Yeah, no, uh, I've definitely seen her, um, and I, she's still iconic, like, to this day, as far as, like, I, I frequently see her, her show up as, like, a, a, somebody, like, will fashion like they'll compare and talk about her like it's still relevant like that's some some longevity on her just her on who she is for sure that good work too like i knew she was a humanitarian i i don't think i uh i don't think i knew to the extent but i'm not i'm not surprised i think i think my i think i remember her most from uh my fair lady
0: ah okay The Roman holiday, I think it was called, not the holiday. Sorry, it just hit me right now. Andre the Giant passes away in 1993. Famous uh, wrestler, French descent, over seven feet tall and over 500 pounds. Fun fact, on numerous occasions, he has been recorded as drinking over 100 beers in one sitting. His height and weight was a result of, uh, of the gigantism.
1: Gigantism. Uh,
0: he died at the age of 46 uh, of congestive heart failure in his sleep uh, while he was in Paris. Yeah, your I,
1: body can't take that. Yeah,
0: I have seen some documentaries about wrestling. I have seen some documentaries about him. Uh, you know, he apparently nobody says anything negative about him and who he was. As he was a just such a kind guy. He was. There's there's some heartbreaking stories you hear about him, right? How much pain he was in, but still he did what he needed to do in order to like do the job that he was that he had agreed to do and things like that. But two things always stand out: his acting skills, especially specifically I should not especially but specifically in The Princess Bride, he was he stole that movie to me. Uh, he was amazing in that, but and.
1: That's saying something because there's a lot in that movie to like. There's so much
0: in that movie going on.
1: But he sticks out.
0: He does. And not just because he's the biggest person there, but even the stories of his coworkers that say about him. One of the things that I saw in a documentary for WWF Wrestling, Hulk Hogan, I think, was the one who said it. But he said that first he had to buy two plane tickets, two seats because of his size, right? But they said that he... um, he couldn't fit into the bathrooms on the plane because he was so big that either on a, you know, a 18 hour flight to fucking Japan, he had to hold it or like they would, you know, like the, um, the stewardess, he would have to piss in a pot like next to like where they were in order for him to be able to relieve himself because he just, there was no room for him. And well, when, you, when you think about that and you think of it and you're just like, for a dude, he was, again, everything points to being the most humble, nicest human being um, that could have ever been out there, you know? So I, I, and I was an enormous fan of wrestling and, and under the giant to this day, like there's certain names that stick out and he will always stick out. Um, but yeah, he passed away in 93. Now this one is, is, um, the next one is, um, somebody that close hits close to, um, uh, my, uh, heritage because of, um, What he did for Latinos, but Cesar Chavez, Mm. American labor leader and civil rights activist, uh, died in uh, 1993, uh, natural causes at the age of 66. Now, he is credited for the creation of the National Farm Workers Association. Basically, he accomplished, as a civil rights activist, making the California growers get the right amount of pay for the farm work that they were doing. He's also, along with that, he also ensured that unions were created and that contracts were signed so these people would not go back on their word to help these, the fruit pickers of America that all all happened to be Latinos, you know? So I I heard stories about him. I read about him. These are the positive things. The other thing is he was part of the Minutemen. He was the guy that was like, also on the border, telling people not to cross illegally. So which is it's kind of a juxtaposition, you know, where he was like fighting for the rights who of the people who were already here being exploited. Yes, ex- thank you, exploited uh, for the work that they were doing, but also at the same time telling the same people cross legally. Don't you know do that uh, illegally? So yeah, he passed away in ninety three. Again, in the Latino community, he's both respected and remembered and highly regarded for for what he's done for the farm workers of America.
1: Yeah. And being from California I, and, and just I remember learning about him and I remember looking into like a lot of the agri- you know, when you learn about the agricultural system and all the stuff that California does, like his name, like he comes up inevitably um, as being such a major part in the modernization of that.
0: I want to say system. also I want to say also he's the one who coined the phrase Si sí, se puede. <laughs> Oh, yeah? (laughs) I think it might actually be, but I can't confirm that. Just saying that. The last person who passed away in 93, it's a quick one, and I bring it up because I brought up the movie Sneakers a few times as a movie that I recommend for everybody to watch. River Phoenix, the younger brother of Joaquin Phoenix and an actor in his own right, died at the age of 23 from from a drug overdose. Again, like at the peak of his career, not only was he in sneakers, which, again, is a movie that I highly recommend any, everybody should watch. But I remember kid acting from him in the movie The Explorers about these kids who build a spaceship in their like backyard and they go into space with it. And Stand By Me, which is a, just an amazing, amazing movie uh, written by um, uh, Stephen King. But yeah, he pa- he passed away outside of the Viper Room on Sunset Boulevard in 93 from a overdose of mixing a couple different cocktails, something that uh, was referred to back in the day as a hardball. Mm. No, or an eight ball. Maybe, something like that. But yeah, passed away. Do you, are you familiar with River... F- oh, you know what else he does? In the third Indiana Jones movie, Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade, it opens with Indiana Jones as like a Cub Scout who happens to fall into this little uh, yeah. pyramid thing? That was River Phoenix playing a young Indiana Jones in the movie. Oh, okay, yeah,
1: didn't didn't know that, but I've definitely seen that a number of times. Yeah, um, I'm familiar with him mostly because of uh, the impact it had on uh, Joaquin Phoenix, and I know that was a big deal for him. And it's been so like I know in reference, I I haven't seen uh, the other movies you you listed. So
0: great films, great films. Yeah. Um, moving on to music that was popular in 93. Gabe, does this song sound familiar to you or this chorus? I, I specifically uh, set up the chorus for you. Words, when you're Does that sound familiar at all?
1: It does. It does sound familiar. <laughs>
0: <laughs> can '93. You could not get away from that song.
1: No, I heard that. What? Is... I don't know the name.
0: Whoop! There it is. <laughs> That's just the <laughs> by, name. <laughs> by tag team. Tag Where... team. Back again. What does that get else? What else does that get? I mean, it gets used everywhere, but
1: like notably, do we have anything that that was used in?
0: Let's find out. Um, because
1: like i that's definitely i've heard that
0: not on the radio you either heard it in the movie no i'm gonna imagine it's kind of like who let the dogs out it just became a thing right gotta be so i think if we look at maybe their wikipedia it'll show us oh adam's family values apparently <laughs> popular culture here we go has been played in, or referenced in dozens of films, TV shows, and advertisements. Some of the song's most notable placements in films include Elf, Mighty Ducks 2, the movie Rio, The Family Values. The song is also referenced in episodes of Martin, The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, Bel- Bel- and The Secret Life of um, an American Teenager. Uh, it is also widely considered one of the top songs of all time for sporting events and has been included among Elf. MLB's top walk-up songs and NBA's biggest arena anthems. <laughs> so you've heard it somewhere in there. I've, I've
1: heard it in several of those places, for sure. The
0: other there big, it is. the other big hit.
1: <laughs> Thanks, '93. <93. laughs>
0: the other big hit was "I Will Always Love You" by Whitney Houston from the um, Bodyguard soundtrack. What people, some people might not know is obviously that this is a country song originally written and performed by Dolly Parton, I Will Always Love You, in the 70s or 80s. Um, so Which that was, by
1: definition is a superior version because Dolly Parton.
0: Dolly Parton, indeed. Um, and then this other song that, I, again, I was not a fan of, but you could not escape this song from the radio or anywhere. So tell me Gabe do you recognize this and again I've've I've, I've, I've uh, cued it to the chorus oh, dancers, dance could feel it your and look I don't even like this music but even I'm like, oh, my God, this I, puts me you in you a mood, move. Move, though. <laughs> it does, yeah, right? no, it's
1: not. It sounds familiar. I don't know. I couldn't tell you what it is.
0: Yeah. Rhythm is the Dancer by Snap. <laughs> yeah. It's again, very literal. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Big hit in the 90s. Big hit in the 90s.
1: Yeah, no, that's that's. Uh, it feels
0: like a 90s song. <laughs> 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 All right. Moving on to Tekken Toys. Popular Halloween costumes included Princess Jasmine and Barney the Dinosaur in '93. Damn. Right. The Atari Jaguar. Jag, Jaguar. The Atari Jaguar comes out in '93 at the price at the low, low price of two hundred and forty-nine dollars in 1993. Here's a list of available games during that time. And again, I was looking at this and I'm like, none of these stick out to me. Apparently, it was a first-person shooter called Alien vs. Predator. Big property. All right. Attack of the Mutant Penguins. Breakout 2000. Brutal Sports Football. uh, Cannon fodder. Checker flag. Club drive. Like, none of these. Double Dragon 5. The Shadow Falls, apparently. Dragon, the Bruce Lee story. We talked about that being a movie from 93 that apparently these guys own the rights to the game for. Fever Pitch Soccer. Fight for Life. Flashback: The Quest for Identity. I remember playing this, but not on uh, Atari Jaguar. Flip Out, a Hover Strike, uh, Iron Soldier One and Two, Missile Command 3D, NBA Jam Tournament Edition, Ooh,
1: Pit- NBA Jam,
0: Pitfall, The Mayan Adventure, Power Drive Rally, Raiden, Ray- Rayman. Sounds familiar from Ubisoft. Um, but a lot of these games, I was like, none of these, yeah. I feel like this is maybe potentially why this, this didn't. Oh yeah. White man can't jump.
1: Ouch. Yeah. True though. Um, Yeah. But I I I don't remember
0: Atari Jaguar at all, to be honest with you.
1: It's, I mean,
0: that's why. Yeah. Beanie babies are first introduced in 1993. Who knew? Who knew indeed. So apparently, Between 93 and 95, there was absolutely no demand whatsoever for beanie babies. But because of the internet, they got incredibly popular as collectibles. Lucked out. Right now, there's beanie babies that are worth up to $3,000 from the original batch from 93. Absurd. But yeah, cheap collectible beanie babies are 200 and above, okay? I have no it's a stuffed animal. I have no idea I completely missed this fat entirely.
1: all I knew is that like kids had them like girls had you they'd always have some beanie babies, usually a little you know small pantheon of them and there you go like they'd have their their you know their favorite animals and it I yeah I I was gonna say I wonder if they were created with the intent. Of collecting. I think I've looked into the history before and I can't remember how, but like, man, the internet, what a lucky break for them.
0: And remember, this is a company, Thai Toys was around since the 80s. Beanie Babies was just a production of theirs and uh, it just did something. But even now, people still, like, you know, Beanie Babies still come up, which is interesting. I think
1: they've, yeah, I think they've come down from some of their peak. Like at their peak, they had some ones that were worth like thousands and thousands. It was like absurd.
0: Yeah. And with the time we have left, a little bit of celebrity gossip. Um, Lenny Kravitz and Lisa Bonet call it quits. So Lisa Bonet marries uh, Kravitz from 87 to 93, six years together. They have three children together. She's also the same woman that Jason Momoa fell in love with, who is, I think, 10 years his senior, who, unfortunately... I think this year they ended up they ended up just splitting up but that's the same one she's been the muse to many a people also in the movie High Fidelity that we talked about
1: (laughs) bam connection
0: connection exactly Uh, so they called it quits in 93 Um, Alec Baldwin and Kim Basinger get married in 93 And this is a good one because I I recently uh, heard a podcast and it made me think about this. And also we talked about The Good Son yesterday about kid actors and things like that. But Ryan Gosling and Justin Timberlake joined Britney Spears and Christina Aguilera in in the new Mickey Mouse Club in 1993. Wow. Right? Four of these individuals end up being, currently are, like some of these top superstars in their field. Yeah. And and based on this podcast that I listened to, it was on Gaston Gayton, one of the kids from um, Stranger Things. It's one of those things that like, sometimes you think like, oh, an individual just popped up out of nowhere. You know, like, uh, where did this person come from? And all of a sudden, everybody knows them. It, 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 and it also goes back to, like old timey stuff where actors were expected to know how to dance, how to sing, how to act. Yeah, you, you know, to like whole,
1: nowadays plethora like, of skills.
0: Nowadays, you have individuals who are like, "Oh, that's a really good actor, but he has nothing else." But then you have like a Hugh Jackman, right, or a Ryan Gosling, who sings, acts, and dances, and it's flawless and it's so natural to them.
1: Yeah, they're skilled
0: in all the areas. And you find out that they did years in Broadway. That they, you know, that, that they were doing Shakespeare, that they were doing all these things. And to us, it's like, oh, who's this new person? But in the world of entertainment, they've been around for decades doing this type of work. They just happened to have hit that right role at the right time that elevated them to our level where we could notice them. You know, like where they say, oh, that's an actor's actor. That's a comedian's comedian, you know, that type of thing. Those guys are the ones we never hear of. But among that community, they're highly respected because of the work they've done. But yeah, but I think about these guys who were probably in their early teens, if even that, putting in the work, never heard about them. And then you see them in a movie and everybody's gushing over them. And you're like, what's the big deal? It's Justin Timberlake. Eh, It's NSYNC. It's a boy band. But you neglect to think about the fact that. And I think it's, it's, it's this old joke that I heard from my buddy Juan uh of about of, of uh, pablo picasso and the joke is this lady is in europe and she sees picasso at a cafe and she runs up to him and she's like oh my god i'm such a huge fan of your work would you mind doing a sketch of me and like you know 30 seconds he does a sketch of her looks exactly like her she goes oh my god so much thank you how much do i owe you and he says you owe me fifteen thousand dollars she says, and she says, $15,000, it took you 30 seconds to do that. And he said, no, it took me my entire life to do that. <laughs> you know, and it's it's one of those, it's a great joke. But at the same time, it's one of those things where like, no, Ryan Gosling, Justin Timberlake, Britney Spears, and Christina Aguilera. This is the first song you've, it's reached to you. But the fact is, I've been putting in work for the last fucking decade to get to this moment. So no. I, I am not new. This is not new to me. This is No, this has been a long time coming. And I think it's one of those things that I think we forget as individuals sometimes that somebody's discovered or somebody like, I, you know, like um, just yesterday, actually, I heard the latest single from the Black Keys. I'm a huge fan of the Black oh, Keys. Oh, man. So good. So fucking good. Um, they just had a new single come out called Wild Child, and their new album comes out in May. And I think about the fact that I got into the Black Keys in 2007, already seven years from their first album. Since then, they've put out like seven albums. In 20-something years, they've put out 11 albums, which is ridiculous for a band to do. You know? And it's one of those things, like when I found them, I thought they were the greatest band ever. And then like two albums later, they got the Grammys and they got Recognition. And I was like, oh, I was totally into them before that. But no. They were there way before I got into them. I don't know how why this this particular story about celebrity gossip and Ryan Goss. Well it's just
1: funny because you're probably not gonna go back and see that, right? Because it was Disney, you know, television stuff. Like so it's just, it's not gonna come up, but like clearly they were they were putting in the hours.
0: Yeah, and I think that's what it is, the like
1: Mouse is relentless. <laughs>
0: Um, was it not the mouse trap, but the mouse maze, the mouse <laughs> getting to the cheese, right? Uh but I think it's one of those things that I think we forget as individuals. Like I have passions, right? I I am on on my personal, well, not my personal, but my other Facebook uh I'm sorry, not Facebook, my Instagram account, I'm constantly putting up uh, you know, different calligraphy things that I'm doing or drawings that I'm doing. And you know, commissions come in once in a while, and, and it's great. It's fantastic. I get paid for what I love to do. But it's one of those things where, like, it's not a lot of work to me now to do them. Right. Because I've been consistently doing it. Because of the doing, work you put in. Because of the work I put in. And, I, and sometimes I myself forget that. And and it's, it's humbling to be reminded of the fact that, like, the fact that something comes really easy to me isn't for any other reason than the fact that for the last 15 years, this is what I've been doing for myself, getting ready for that moment, you know, like, but yeah, no, it's just this little, this little tidbit of, of, of these people being in this Mickey Mouse club, which at the time was a huge deal. Like getting on the Mickey Mouse club back in the early nineties was enormous career opportunities for people. Yeah. But yeah, these kids were putting in the work, man, they were doing it. I remember watching, um, uh, christoph waltz right Um uh, you know from inglorious bastards and uh, Django unchained and you know <laughs> insane amount of work There is a clip of him as a young man doing a, a kids tv show in germany where he's singing and dancing and you're like oh my god that's christopher waltz that's christoph waltz and so like he's he's a young man like and you're like yeah he's putting in work like Tom Hardy, um, uh, Ashton Kutcher were models when they were young. C.K. and um, Abercrombie and Fitch models, you know, that's the work that they did. And now they're respected individuals in the industry that they work in. It's These are the steps you have to do to make it in the world. And it's funny how we can look back on them and go, wow, they were doing that. But then you're like... Oh, that's what it took to get to it. (laughs) But yeah, I just, I I don't know why this one, this week or something, it just stood out to me. I'm like, yeah, you, you, you gotta put in the legwork. You really do.
1: Wherever it is. You don't get necessarily get to pick either. Like it's just what's available at that point. You don't get to pick. You get to pick later because you did the stuff that was available at the start.
0: That's a good point. You know what? Because Mark Hamill, right? Like he's an amazing voice actor now, but. He was Luke Skywalker in 1976 or 1978, whenever some stupid space movie. Exactly, you know. So it's one of those things where you're like, "Oh yeah, no, yeah, this is what you have to do." Uh, There's no going around the fact that you you got to put in work to get to where you are. It's motivating to me. I fucking love it, dude. I love that struggle and everything like that. I love the success story, and there's like all those. Different quotes, right? Youth is wasted on the young and all of that. But it's one of those things where, like, somebody has said, I, I'm happy that I became famous in my later years because I wouldn't have been able to do this when I was young type of thing. It's I amazing. think you get to
1: see some of the results of that, both from some of that child actor stuff and also from in the modern day. Now, it can happen so much faster to people just because the Internet and you go viral and suddenly and, and it and it doesn't always end well. Yeah, yeah. So. Yeah, that's that's something that can just – success could be a, a problem.
0: It can. It can. But, yeah, everybody, thank you for listening. That was uh, the first episode of 1993. So much. So much. And so much more to come. We'll see you next week.